Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Well, we do have lots of new families here at church and at C3 New Hope, I want to um, let you know that our church is like a family. And we don't just do church, we actually are here together, um, you know, as a family. And as part of our We Greater Than Me series, I've had to practice that a lot this week because there's been someone in my house that's been a little bit cheeky about the We Greater Than Me series title. Um, You know, for some of us, maybe you're sitting here still thinking, I might get the other screen on about the We Greater Than Me. Is it the open mouth crocodile? Is that the greater than or is it the over than or is it the little crocodile? Um, It's the less than, but it's the We Greater Than Me series. And I've been asked to share today about parenting. Now, I recognise that everyone in this room here today is in all different seasons of life. You know, you might, before you lean back and think this message has absolutely no relevance to me today, I want to encourage you that even if you don't have kids, one day you might. And even if you're not in the active stage of parenting, you might be someone that is of influence to someone else. So in this room, we've got grandparents, we've got aunties, we've got uncles, we've got friends, we've got teachers, and we've got leaders. And this room here is full of people of influence. You see, as Christians, we are called to be ambassadors of Christ, and we are called to be the salt and the light of the world. And we can all be influential in someone else's life. So today, I'm going to talk to you simply from the heart of a parent. And I'll be the first to profess that I am far from a parent, perfect parent. And my kids on the front row will say, testify, she is not a perfect parent. But if you don't know me, I'm a mum of two kids and a dog. I'll get the picture up on the screen of my two kids. This is Lily, she is 12, no, sorry, she's 13. She's 13, she's in year 8, and my son Benny is um, 12, he is in year 7, and both of them are in high school now. Um, People used to say to me, you look too young to have kids of that age, but I've discovered that once you turn 40, no one says that to you anymore. (laughs) You're just just parents of kids and they're growing up. But... um, The last time I brought this parenting message was actually in, I was asked, sorry, I was asked to share a parenting message, was in 2018 when I first came on as our kids pastor here locally at Mount Annam. And a lot's changed in that five years between now and then. For number one, my kids are so much older and they're so much taller than me. And I said to Matt a little while ago, I said to him, the kids just look so much taller than me. And he said to me, nah, you just look like a dwarf. (laughs) Um, But the last time, one of probably the biggest differences leading into preaching this message is that the last time I preached this message, my kids were actually out in C3 Kids bouncing around having fun. And this time they're sitting here in the service. (laughs) So in the lead up to today, there's been a lot of discussion in our house and there've been like mosquitoes in my ear saying, what are you going to talk about today? Um, are you going to talk about us? And then they've been saying things like, can you not talk about us? <laughs> can you talk about Stella, our dog, because she's your favourite anyway? Um, 
but a lot has changed in five years in that time. And I thought it'd be interesting to pull up some stats on the screen. McCrindle did a study called Australia Towards 2031, Behavioural Trends Shaping the Nation. And I'm gonna put up on the screen the word of the year since 2018 when I last did this message to today to see the trend of what we're raising our kids up in today. In 2018, the word of the year was toxic. In 2019, it was climate emergency. In 2020, and we're all sick of hearing this, or not the first one, bushfire, COVID, lockdown, cancel culture. And then in 2021, if you weren't sick of that one, you're probably even more sick of this one, vaxxed. And then in 2022, the word of the year, and I was like, what is this even, is goblin mode. <laughs> now, I had to find out what it meant. Goblin mode, defined by Oxford, is a type of behaviour which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. It's a little bit sobering. And, you know, like some of the other ones are funny, but you look at that and you think, that's, it's actually a little bit, it's, that's sad. <laughs> I looked back at my notes and the opening line that I had from my 2018 message was, our world and how we live is changing rapidly. Fast forward to 2023, and our kids today are being exposed to an even greater shift in society than I think even what we could have imagined for our kids. And I don't want to speak too much time speaking about this and what our kids are currently living in their world. But I do think that as parents and as leaders and as people of influence, we need to be aware about what our kids are um, being exposed to and what they're living in because we've got to lead them through it. The Bible says to be aware of the devil's schemes and it's in your face everywhere. Every company, every commercial that your kids are watching is virtue signalling stuff constantly in their faces about stuff they don't even care about. But they, they do it because they want to stay relevant. And Matt says, I hate this stuff so much. And I hate it too. He says, turn it off. But we've got to be aware of this stuff. And before you get too squirmy sitting in your chair, this is the vanilla version today. You know, as, as a church and as parents, we've got to have a voice on this stuff, but I'll be speaking appropriately today for the context of the service that we're in. But as, as a church and as parents, we have to have a voice on this stuff. You know, last month, the New Zealand Prime Minister in a media press conference was asked what a woman is. And he couldn't answer it. Like, a simple question, what is a woman? And to be fair, it's a pretty unfair question to ask a modern politician <laughs> without any advance notice. Um, I'm saying that sarcastically, I don't really mean it. Um, but this highly educated, grown man, when asked what a woman was, couldn't answer it. He took about 20 seconds and stammered and stumbled and said, finally said, that question's come a little bit out of left field for me. I guess a woman is whatever you want it to be. Now, when people in positions of authority and influence can't even answer such a simple 
questions such as what a woman is, I think as parents and as leaders and people of influence, we should sit up. Now, the reason why I think we should sit up is because I catch myself regularly thinking that if our kids are forming thoughts, forming value sets in a world where we can't even define anything, then it means that there's nothing right and there's nothing wrong. And I'll tell you why that's an even greater problem. If sin is no longer a sin, then we have no need for a saviour. In Romans 1, Paul told us that as people deny the knowledge of God, professing to be wise, they would become fools and thinking become darkened and their ability to exercise rational thought impaired. And I'll go down to verse 25 in Romans 1. It says, They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator. And our kids are growing up, like I said, forming thoughts and seeing the world in a time when there is so much fluidity. And what they actually need is parents, leaders and people of influence to not be fluid, to not be moved around as fickle as the world is. The world will move from this thought to that thought. They'll go up and they'll go down. But as Christians and as parents, we should be rock solid and unwavering in what we think. And today is a message of hope. It's a message of faith. It's a message that our kids can be and will be found in Him. To fear not and to stand strong on what we believe and on the Word. And God has given us a blueprint in the Bible that was as relevant from the beginning of time as it is to the end of time about how to parent and how to raise kids. And everything that you need, every difficult conversation that you will face, you can find the answers in the Word of God so that you and your family have a sure and solid footing. I want to take you to this verse in John as a key thought but not only a key thought, a key promise. In John chapter 10, verses 27 to 28, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck any of them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And I believe that's a promise for us to hang on to. That no matter what happens in the world, that we can raise kids that follow Jesus, that hear His voice, and that they will be safe and protected and cannot be plucked out of the Father's hand. At C3 New Hope, one of our core values is that our kids would follow Jesus. And as parents and as a church, we want to help our kids follow Jesus. I love Yellowstone. Um, I think it's so great to the point that I even said to Matt, I'd love to travel to America, to Montana, to go and visit Yellowstone. And he was like, are you serious? And I said, yes, I'm actually serious. But I think we all need to get a bit of Yellowstone backbone into us, maybe a bit of Beth on us. Um, She's a little bit nuts, a bit crazy. That's why I love her. 
But Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And so today I want to give you some really practical things that you can take home. I'm going to start from the easiest to the hardest about some things that we can do to raise our kids that follow Jesus, but also position them to hear the right voices. And so before I get into these 10 points, fundamentally it requires parents to be parents. You know, Matt actually came up with a a great saying that he said to me this week. He says, parent a child when they are young so that when you're older, you'll be friends with them. Be a friend to your child and when you're older, you'll still be parenting them. And it's so true. There are so many 10-year-olds running around in 40-year-old bodies because their parents never parented them when they were young. There's so many 50-year-olds that still have their 70-year-olds parenting them because when they were younger, they didn't have any of that stuff going in. And so I want to encourage you to be parents and stand in that role, stand in that authority that God's given you as a parent. You know, when you actually call your kids, oh, this is my best friend, what you actually do is you diminish the power and the authority that you have as a parent. So that's all the... You know, the hardest stuff, I'm now going to get into the more of the joyful stuff of parenting. So number one, practical ways to help your kids follow Jesus and hear the right voices is be your kids' biggest encouragement. When we encourage our kids, what we actually do is we impart courage into them. You can actually build your kids up from the inside when you speak a positive word into them. The Bible says that there is power in the tongue. And when we encourage our kids, it can actually turn around situations and things in their lives that you can't necessarily do by lots of other little things. A word of encouragement will be an amazing thing that you can do to help your kids and put the right voice into them. Number two is to speak in the authority that you have been given and pray for your kids. In Luke, it says, I have given you all authority. And I want to encourage you to find a time in each day where you pray for your kids every single day. For us and our family, um, we pray for our kids every single day. The two of us, both Matt and I, will go into their room and we'll pray for them before they go to sleep. Now, even though they're 13 and 12... We still go into their room every night and we lay hands on them and we pray for them. And I want to encourage you to find any time that works for you, whether it be bedtime, whether it be in the morning. I think bedtime is a great time because it bookends the day. At the end of of every one of their days that you pray for them. But find a spot that works for you where you can pray for them. Number three is to monitor what your kids are feeding themselves with. Gone are the days of just being able to stick your kids in front of Uncle TV and knowing that whatever content comes at them is okay. Today, our kids are so used to instant gratification and mass information coming at them through things like TikTok, through YouTube. You know, it's gone from movies to episodes to shorts And it's just getting like smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller of bite chunks of information. Um, Sometimes, you know, my kids will come up with, and for privacy reasons, I won't say which one, but they'll come up with some random fact and we think, and we say, 
do you even know if that's like from real? And they're like, yeah, I heard on YouTube. And, and we talk to them about reliable sources. But want to encourage you to actually get in and see what your kids are looking at. Set up all the parental controls. But parental controls are not enough. You actually have to know what's going in and have the right stuff going in. Number four is to encourage a life of devotion and set your kids up for a win by finding what works for them. Every child is different. And right now in our house, um, I can say, be really honest and say that what we've got working for our kids probably needs to shift gears a little bit because they're getting a little bit um, old for some of the other resources that we had for them and we've got to find a different way to find something that's going to work for them in their current season of life. But for your kids, it might be finding a devotion book. When our kids were younger, we encouraged them, and you, you might have heard this story before. When our kids were younger, we encouraged them to read a chapter of the Bible every day. And we told them to read, start in the Gospels and work their way through. And we asked Lily and we said, how are you going, Lily, with your Bible reading? She was like, great, I've read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And then we said to her, okay, that's fantastic. Maybe you can move on to Galatians. And so she she moved on to, um, you know, reading the next book. And then we asked her later how she was going in Galatians. And she said, oh, it's actually a little bit freaky. And I was thinking, oh, Galatians is freaky. And then we realised that she was actually reading Revelations, <laughs> not Galatians. And then Benny, on the other hand, we asked him how he's going with his Bible reading. And he said, a bit squamishly, not that great. And we said why is that? And he said, well, it's just really boring. (laughs) And at least he was being honest. So we said to him, what are you reading? And he said, I'm reading numbers. (laughs) Because he loves maths. So this person begot this person. He begot that person. He begot that person. No wonder why it's boring. I would be falling asleep too, thinking it's boring reading that. So we bought our kids some resources that helps them to be able to target their reading and actually um, read things that are relevant to them. Number five is to have a basic tool belt of some basic theology and encourage your kids to ask questions. Now, you might have heard this story before as well. We, are, we encourage our kids to ask us absolutely anything and nothing is off the table and nothing is off limits. Now, when our kids were younger, we were out at a spring fair, eating fairy floss, going on rides, all these different things, and Benny comes out with an absolute corker of a question. He says, why is it that in the Bible it says, do not kill, that there's so much war in the Bible? And I thought, that's a really good question. Maybe you should go and ask your father. (laughs) And he responds back to me, I already have. And I said, and what did he say? And he said, Dad said to ask you. So I say that story to say, you don't have to have all the answers. You can even palm it off to someone else. But at the end of the day, find the answer 
and give it to your child when you can and when you're able to. But encourage questions. Get them to ask you lots of questions. But you've got to have a tool belt of knowledge. You yourself have to have a well deep enough that you can actually minister to your kids and speak into your kids' lives. Number six is to have conversations with your kids about things that matter and things that are uncomfortable. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 to 19 says, so commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands, wear them on your forehead as reminders, teach them to your children, talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting getting up. Simply, that means talk about God wherever, whenever. So whether it's in, if you're in the car, if you're getting ready in the morning, if you're going on a walk, talk about the Lord to your kids. Talk about His goodness. Talk about His faithfulness. You can talk to them about stories in your own life of redemption or whatever it may be to be able to impart to your kids and talk to them about the Lord. In our kids, in our house, we do it really simple. Um, at the moment, in our phase of life, some of our best conversations are around the dinner table. And they're really casual. We've usually got Survivor on in the background, some sort of catch-up TV. We finally finished last night, Warrens. And the kids, the kids call, I love King George. The kids call him my Survivor boyfriend because I love him so much. Um, but we talk about real-world matters at the table with our kids and sometimes we'll just drop it on them like a bomb and just rip the Band-Aid off and talk about you know, things that matter. So if, a few months ago, I said to my ki- said to them when we were sitting at the table, I said, I got an email today about period underwear for men. And Lily says, oh, that's ridiculous. And then Benny sits there, half with a look of horror, And then half with a, wait, what? I don't know if maybe he was thinking, they never told me I was going to get periods too. (laughs) But then the penny dropped. And then he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is ridiculous, isn't it? But we talk about real life things because they're talking about this at school. And if you don't talk to them about it, someone else will, and maybe it's not the voice that you want them to actually hear about. So I want to encourage you to parent with conviction when you're having these conversations. Know what you stand for and be courageous to actually have the conversation in the first place. Number seven is get your kids in church and plant yourself. At the moment, my kids and Matt are all teasing me because I'm like an, have turned into like an avid, avid gardener, and I really enjoy gardening at the moment. Um, another one of my boyfriends, Matt, calls Tim from Tim's Garden Centre, my other gardening boyfriend. He, he said, I th- "I'm pretty sure he must be your gardening boyfriend because you're at Tim's Garden Centre all the time." But when you when you plant a plant, it's got you take it out the pot, and it's got this big root ball, and it, and there's been a couple of times with our landscaping where we've, we've put it in and then we've realised that we actually need to change plans and we've had to move it back out and then put it back in the ground somewhere else because it, 
it just, I don't know, probably my fault. I probably put it in some plumbing line or something like that. I don't know what's under the ground. I just dig it up and put it in. But then when you move it, sometimes when you move it, it doesn't survive because that root ball has been damaged from moving around so much. So I want to encourage you, when you, with you and your family, if you call C3 New Hope home, plant yourself here in this church. Don't be someone that moves from this church to that church because you got offended about something or, you know, I don't like the colour of the coat she's wearing today or, you know, something ridiculous. I, I can tell you some ridiculous reasons why people have uprooted their their kids from this church and I think to myself you are actually nuts like literally nuts but people leave churches for dumb reasons and what you're actually doing is you're getting these roots that your kids have planted in the ground and then you're picking it up and then you're putting it in the ground and and actually really just hoping that it's going to take transplant and take root again but I want to encourage you we've got an incredible youth ministry here led by Nick and Dee and Marcus they do a fantastic job. Get your kids here in church. There's nothing I love more than on a Friday afternoon when I'm dropping my kids off to church, seeing all the kids having such an amazing time and having fun because I know that what they're going to get in here is more than just a social event, but they're actually making great connections in church and they're strengthening all the little spider webs that connect them here into the house. Number eight is to find a place for your kids to serve. Now, there could be nothing greater of counterculture to goblin mode than actually finding somewhere that your kids can serve and flourish in. And it might be different for every kid. You know, for our kids at the moment, they've got from a musical family, they're um, serving on the worship team. I've also got them as junior leaders out in our kids' room. If you want to get your kids sweeping the floor after kids' ministry... I will not say no. If you want your kids to help pack up the Lego, hallelujah, that would be amazing. Find ways that your kids can get be involved in church. Um, a few years ago, quite a few years ago, we, oh, must have been four years ago now, we had a Bunnings barbecue in our church as a fundraiser of something. Dan will remember this story. And my kids went serving on the counter and Benny ended up deciding, he said, no, I don't want to. I said, no worries, we're not going to make you do it. Anyway, um, the day went along longer. They had a pretty successful day and then I ended up taking him up to go get a sausage sandwich and he decided, actually, I will jump on. Had the time of his life for about one and a half hours on the cash register, smile beaming off his face, and at the end of his time there on the cash register, he had his pockets were jingling and he said to Matt, look at how many tips I got. <laughs> and Matt's, Matt's face was a look of horror. He goes, mate, you can't keep, keep the tips. And he goes, nah, they said to me, you keep the change. And he said, Matt said, when someone says to you, you keep the change, it's kind of like a saying, like, you keep the change, you know? Like, you put it in the charity that you get given it to. But here's eight-year-old Benny going, no, they said, you keep the change. So he thought it was a great time to volunteer at church. To his credit, he put all the tips back into the church, don't worry. 
I'm not raising fraudsters. But my whole story on that is find, find something that makes your kids tick. You know, Ben loves, you know, counting. My kids love music, all that sort of stuff. Find something that your kids can be involved in and it will do them the world of good. Number nine, and this one's probably one of the more difficult ones, is to have non-negotiables about your beliefs, even if it's uncomfortable and even if it costs you. Sometimes we can be more concerned about relationships of not only ourselves but also of our kids than the truth and what we stand for. We're raising kids in a time now where I can guarantee you it's going to cost them their friendships or cost them in the sense that they're going to have to be face unveiled with some of their value sets in front of their friends. Um, we... We've come across some times in our parenting, even in the last couple of years, where our kids have wanted to participate in certain things, but we, thankfully, they've had the maturity to recognise it before we've had to say it, but they've said, I can't do that, can I? Because of X, Y, Z. And then I've had my heart as a mum sink on, a, on occasion, when I realise you're right and I know that's going to be difficult for you, but we can't move on what our values are and we can't participate in certain things. And my mum heart wants to go, I want you to be in, but at the same time, we're called to be different as well. We're teaching our kids that you can love someone, but you can also say that this is the truth. And that we be polite, we be kind, and we be loving while still being immovable. And we teach them that the Bible says to tell the truth in love, which means that we don't have an agenda or hate speech it's speaking truth because you want what's best for your child. But you can also share truth with your friends in a way that wants best for them and loves them. That's such a tightrope to walk through. But we've also taught our friends that, um, sorry, our kids, that it means sometimes in their friendships that you may walk away from me, but if you walk away from me because of my beliefs, then maybe you weren't my friend anyway. And that we trust God for our friends and we trust people, God to put the right people around us. And that is, I think, probably at the moment, one of the hardest things that parents will probably face in some of this stuff. Not the hardest or not only the hardest, but certainly one of them. I think for me, that really tugs on my heart. Um, we'll pray to that in a moment. Number 10 is that sometimes you have to go to fight for your kids. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone wrongs my kids before they've even finished telling me their story, I've already written the 10th season of Vikings in my head. <laughs> like, no one messes with my kids. 
so much so that, you know, sometimes my kids have even come home from school with a story and I'll be like, is that my phone? Sorry. Uh, see, I don't even know anything about my phone. I'm like, is that my ringtone? I don't even know if that's my ringtone. <laughs> Matt's laughing because it's so true. Um, you know, my kids will come home from school and I'll be like, tell me the story. Tell me all the details. Yes. I remember when Ben was in year three, someone wrote him a letter and it was like an A4 size letter about all these things that they hate about him. She was not... Girls can be nasty, can't they? Anyway, yeah, like that, Ben, that's right. Anyway, so I... I was like, I am heading to that school tomorrow. I am speaking with your teacher. We are dealing with this. And Benny was like, it's all right, it's okay. I will deal with it. And, I, and I'm like, I am ready to bring back the beef. I'm ready to fight this. And... Um, he says to me, no, I'll deal with it. So I was all right, you deal with it tomorrow and when you finish school, we'll talk about it. Anyway, before I, he can even pretty much get his bag in the car, I'm asking him, how did you go with, with this thing at school today? And he's like, it's all right, it's all sorted. And I was like, oh, fantastic. What did the teacher say? I said, I didn't talk to him. And I said, all right. What happened between then to sort it out? And he said... I wrote her a letter back on the letter and I gave it back to her. And I thought, oh dear. Now we are going to be the ones called up by the teachers and there's going to be another parent that's really cranky too. So I said to him, what did you write back to her? And he said, just four words. And I said, what were they? And he said, I don't even care. <laughs> and he gave her back to her. And I thought... That is gold. That is the best. Sometimes there are things that you just need to go, I don't even care. And really, and I'm saying that story for a reason, there is so many things as parents that you need to go, I don't even care. Because there's so many things that we can hold on to and deplete our energy about so much stuff that's out of our control anyway. But there are some things worth fighting for. So reserve your energy and fight for the things that really matter. If you've got an issue that you're trying to address with your kids, then speak the word into it. You know, in my role as kids pastor, I often have people coming to me and talking to me about different things with their kids and they, you can, I have so much compassion and empathy for them because I can, I can see on them that they have brought something to the absolute nth degree in their own might that they possibly can that there's some things that we can push and push and push on. We can seek out and knock out for lots of different answers. But at the end of the day, there's sometimes all we can do is lay it at God's feet and speak to it in prayer and speak the word to it. Um, Hebrews 4.12 says, and I, I want to speak about speaking to the word. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful it is sharper than the two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. There's some things that you won't be able to speak to anything other than speaking the word directly at it and let the word of God go to surgery on the problem that you've got with your kids. I want to encourage you, fight that bit for your kids. And lastly, I just want to finish up. I don't know... Um, how long I've been talking for now. Um, all right. 
I, I don't even know how to open the stopwatch. Um, I want to share a story to you about a couple um, called Seth and Mildred Pyle. Now, Seth and Mildred Pyle were an older couple who um, weren't in the active stage of parenting anymore. And they went to a church in Greenacre and a lady came to their church that had moved from overseas and she didn't have family here, had only newly become a Christian. And they put it on their heart to treat her like a daughter of their own. And another person came to their church from a fairly dysfunctional family background, not a Christian background. Two of them got married and as a couple, they took them in and they said, we will model to you what a Christian family looks like. They even went so far as to say to them that you can call us mum and dad and your kids can call us nana and pa and we will pray for, we pray for you every day and we pray for your children every day by name they taught them about family they taught them about parenting they taught them about money like real stuff you know like from the bible um, you know don't get into debt buy a house but pay for everything else with cash. They just really took them under their wing and taught them. And that couple is my mum and dad that they took under their wing. I'm here today and so much about our family and what we have been raised in is because another family took it upon their hearts to let themselves be of influence to another family. And... I want to encourage you that, you know, a lot of this message here today is about parenting, but there's so much in you. Your day, if you're an old, like, you know, you're in that more mature phase of your life, there's so much in you left. Be a parent, take someone under your wing spiritually that maybe, you know, open up your, ask God to open up your eyes. So many people could benefit not just the person that you help, but their children and their children's children can walk in benefit of you being able to take someone under their wing and be a person of influence. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com. Don't I you?